Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast where we take a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. And, Jim, we are heading into a new promotion today. That's right. Now, before we get on anything about this show, or I would like to just mention we're pretty, uh, we're, we're a little... We haven't had uh, a ton of experience lately in regards to this format. We are just coming back for a, what's what's going to be a four to five episode run, and we're visiting NWA TNA, the very first episode. And Bill, are you ready for some NWA TNA? Are you ready for some TNA? Oh boy, I think I am. <laughs> And we have a special guest, Bill. Why don't you introduce the guest? She's also a writer, so let's welcome in Sam. Hello. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Great. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been following pro wrestling, and anything else that you know you want to share as far as your wrestling fandom goes, so we get sure. to know a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, I did watch wrestling some as a kid. I don't remember a whole lot of that time. I do remember that I was apparently really into Big Boss Man and thought he was looked very cool. <laughs> um, and then I really got into wrestling, I would say, around the summer of 1996. I was staying with my cousin a lot who lived with our grandparents, and um, we he would watch uh, WCW. And so she was like, you can only watch WCW. You can't watch WWE because it's NWO and that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did that. I was, uh, very much WCW only NWO only. I was very, uh, I was into like Kevin Nash. Um, I was, I thought the Bill Goldberg streak was real, uh, for a really long time. <laughs> so it was fun. Uh, to watch and now looking back on it, I was I can't believe I, I fell for it. But <laughs> uh, so I, I was I was confused. If we, did you mean real as in you thought he was really beating people up, or real as in the numbers are real? The numbers, the <laughs> numbers. I thought that was like a legit thing. Like I didn't really. I thought like I was like, of course he has won all of these. Again, I was like thirteen, so <laughs> I was very green about things like that. <laughs> so I thought it was real for for a while. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I did finally get into WWE, uh, probably 1999 or so. Um, I did watch impact. Um, but where I'm at, um, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so impact was there for a while and then it wouldn't be just because of like uh, the cable companies would drop the channels all the time. And so I would go long periods of time without seeing it, but I was really into um, the motor city machine guns are one of my favorite tag teams ever. I love them. Still a big fan of theirs. Um, and so then I started getting into um, independent wrestling, um, Japanese. I got into New Japan probably 2016 or so. Um, and then I have a local promotion here called uh, PWX Wrestling. And I started going to that um, actually because I went to see McFoley do a comedy show here. And he was raising money for... Uh, Hurricane Helms, who had been at the time, had been in that in a really bad motorcycle accident, um, and he needed help paying bills. And so all the 
proceeds went to that. Um, and so after, you know, we, we got to talk, there were various wrestlers like Edge was there. Um, I can't remember who else off the top of my head, but <clears throat> there were some local wrestlers there and they were passing out flyers for a local show. And my sister and I talked to them and we talked about going and then we waited a few months, but now I have, my sister and I have been going for 10 years. Um, we've seen all, we started out when they were in the art, they were in like armories and rec centers. And we played, I used to pay $5 to see Cedric Alexander wrestle, <laughs> um, <laughs> early, very early into his career. Um, and so I thought, you know, Rhett Titus was there. He was their champion for a while. Adam Cole was there. Um, so I've seen a ton of people come through and then actually Hangman Page, uh, was there for a few years, um, as well. So I've gotten to see some really cool people um, over the last 10 years. And there was probably uh, a couple years ago, I think I had, it was a three year period where my sister and I did not miss a show. We went to every single one. Oh, wow. um, and we only missed it because she had to have um, outpatient back surgery uh, at the end of at the beginning of 2020. And so we missed a few shows and then the pandemic happened. And so that was and that was the only reason actually that we missed the show. Had she not had surgery, we would have still been at every one. And we've been to every show they've had this year except one. Um, but that was because I was watching the World Series instead. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's a, a, a really, that's pretty much my, uh, where I am with wrestling. Um, uh, I was trying to think if there was anything else. And then, well, so I started, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I guess I was going to ask you specifically, have you seen this show that we're going to talk about before or had, at the time or was it maybe sometime no, after or yeah, last, did you just watch it for the first time I, yesterday? Yeah, I just watched it for the first time. And like I said, so I re, it took me back to the early days of TNA that I did see. <laughs> and so I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, I remember when it was this bad and when <laughs> there was, they were having t- trouble with their cameras and the audio and all kinds of things. So I was like, yeah, I remember. I was like, this is bringing back some memories of early of early TNA that I watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Bill, how do we – there's a couple of ways, things we do before we talk about the actual gauntlet for the gold, they call it. You can't call it a Royal Rumble specifically. Right. And because of that, the match itself goes down to the final two people, and then the two people have a match. Yes. So we'll talk about how we'll, I guess – modify our format a little bit in regards to that later on but what's isn't it the time now that we talk about what else is going on in the pro wrestling world bill yes it is so our roll call is only of wwe champions because oh by the way let's give a date for this show oh yeah do we have a date the date date is june 19th 2002 no airs this company, well, I guess not exactly, but it's going to be celebrating 20 years. Yeah. So let's quickly go through the roll call of WWE champions, then talk about what's going on. Okay. So going into this event, The Undertaker is the WWE champion. The Intercontinental champion is Rob Van Dam. The tag team champions are Billy and Chuck. The European champion is William Regal. The hardcore champion is Bradshaw, who won it on my birthday. Just found that out looking at this. So, hey, <laughs> something actually happened on my birthday. <laughs> I wouldn't be proud of anything about being associated with Bradshaw. I, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the hurricane, 
He was the cruiserweight champion at this time. And the women's champion is Trish Stratus. Now, as far as wrestling goes, WWE just took the F out about a month ago. Okay. So they are no longer WWF, they're WWE. Ring of Honor is only a few months old when this show happens. So they are relatively still new at this point. But but they didn't have any champions? No, they the did not title? have any champions yet. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I figured that's the first thing you do, much like how this show, the first thing they did was at least crowned a major champion. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to do a little research for this show. And more importantly, how we got to this. Yeah, that's actually going to be pretty tough. Well, I'm going to tell you the both of you this. This was not the original plan for the first show. Okay. The main event, or the attempted main event that they were going to have for this show would be Ken Shamrock challenging... Then NWA world champion Dan Severn. Wow. Yep. However, Dan Severn could not make the show a few weeks. Like he told him a few weeks in advance, I can't do the show. Can't make the show. So the NWA, back when they had a board of directors and not one individual, stripped Dan Severn of the world title. So because of this, we now have a gauntlet for the gold match, which we will get into in just a couple of minutes to determine a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Okay. Yeah. So, and again, I'm a little trying to remember how we used to do this. Now I believe, don't we talk about things that would affect... In the usual case, it would be the Royal Rumble, but obviously, since this is the company's first show, right? There, I guess we. I think we need to talk about the opening segment oh because my God, opening the opening segment. segment does reveal a lot for the gauntlet of the gold for the gold. It does. Sam, what did what did you take away from the first segment? And from what I understand, and Bill, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I had read and heard. That the reason for the first segment the way it was is because there was a problem with the ring. <laughs> it, you know what? It kind of looked like that when they had the one of the camera shots. It looked like they were working on the ropes. So apparently when the dark match, there was a dark match before the show. And I guess one of the ring ropes or something. I listened a little bit of uh, Jeff Jarrett's My World podcast is where I found this out. And... Yeah, that's why the the first match was supposed to be the six-man match. Mm-hmm. But because of the ring situation, that's why the announcers come out, in my opinion, awkwardly. Like, I, they seem to come out slow to me. Uh, and then, you know, introducing all the NWA legends. And it was all really to stall time. That segment was supposed to be the second one, apparently. Right. So, Sam, what was your takeaway from the opening segment? Give me some thoughts, and then we'll go into detail about what we learn about the gauntlet for the gold in this segment. Yeah, I thought that, um, the, yeah, the camera and the timing seemed really off, and it seemed like they were announcing people 
Um, but then they were showing other people like the, they couldn't like get the timing right. And I guess if they're, you know, if they were trying not to show the ring or whatever, maybe that's what was throwing everything off. I did think I did kind of like that they opened with the legends because I think that kind of set the tone for the show, like the, that it was the seriousness of like what the main event was for and, you know, that um, how prestigious the NWA title is. Um, so I think bringing out these legends kind of, I think they were trying to show the importance of, um, of every, you know, of honoring the past while also um, representing the uh, at the time, you know, current, current, I guess, more modern day wrestling. Um, so I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to see, especially um, with some of the people that they brought out. I don't know if we were supposed to give that away just yet. Sure, let's, let's talk about it. Who, let's, Bill, who's out there for this? Okay, so we have Harley Race, mm-hmm. Dory Funk Jr., uh, Bob Armstrong, Corsica Joe and Sarah go. Lee. I remember those two being there. Uh, Bill Burns and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, I think you missed someone. Did you Who not? Jackie Fargo? Yeah, there is somebody oh, else. Jackie Fargo. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. I, mean, I mean, I would argue Jackie Fargo might have had the second or third most lines of the group, actually. It, if he was still alive, he would have kicked my ass for me forgetting. <laughs> Bill, what did you think of this whole situation? I mean, we, and we learned, surprisingly, we learned numbers in this too, by the way. I, you know what? I kind of agree with Sam on this. It, it was a good way to, you know, introduce the legends. And then for the younger fans, they could learn that, oh, these guys were very important back when they wrestled. And... I thought, you know, they for the most part, I thought they did a very respectable job of, you know, introducing them and giving us, you know, knowledge of the wrestlers. I think Mike Tenay was a little too much on that, but, you know, that was his job, so I can't really go too, you know, too much on him. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I get both of you were saying, but I will say this, it definitely shows telling to me that, that was not supposed to be the first segment because the promotion is called NWA TNA with TNA standing for total nonstop action. Yes. And we don't really get any action for like the first 15 minutes of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I, I totally get yeah, what I Jared see that. was saying that he was like, I wanted to start with the six man. It makes sense because you want to show guys like AJ Styles, um, was it AJ, Loki, and... Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Yeah. You want to show them right off the bat. So I get it. Bill, we learned from this a couple of things. And this is where we really break down just like Royal Rumbles. Story reasons and do they make sense or not, but... Mm-hmm. Supposedly, these the 20 wrestlers that will be in this gauntlet for the gold later were chosen by the committee. Right. I'd like to remember that, remember that as we talk about gauntlet for the gold later on. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Jackie Fargo makes Jeff Jarrett number one. Right. So apparently... I mean, I guess theoretically, if another member of the committee—I mean, are they the com- are they supposed to be the committee? 
I, I guess I'm trying to wonder why how Jackie Fargo is able to do this. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if they are the committee or if they are like representatives of this committee because Jeff Jarrett comes out and he complains about how it's not right that a world title has to be determined in a battle royal. And, you know, that's when Jackie Fargo gets on the mic and he's like, I'm making you number one, you son of a bitch. Right. And he does that a lot in this. <laughs> but then that leads to Ken Shamrock coming out. Right. And Ken Shamrock reveals very oddly that he's number 19. <laughs> and then he's also like, Jeff, I agree with you. Which this is weird. Sucks, but you gotta do it anyway. <laughs> No, but it gets better because then we, because then Scott Hall comes out right. with that incredible music. I fucking love that song, <laughs> "Marvelous Me." Oh, the only thing was it wasn't the one; it, it was the n- instrumental version. Right. I love that song. That, do you two remember "Marvelous Me" at all? With the words, I mean. I should remember it. You Vaguely, should. I think if I heard it, I probably would recognize it. Yeah. I think when I heard that music, I was full because I was like, beady, beep, beep, beady. I was like singing along, doing the, <laughs> doing the, ooh, as part of the song too. Right. Uh, so wait, so he comes out. He complains about the match too. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. So no one thinks this is a good idea. That's no, they all hated it. <laughs> and uh, so Jared, obviously a bad guy. Ken Shamrock, obviously the good guy here. Mm-hmm. Scott Hall, I wasn't really that sure with when I first watched him. He was supposed right. to be the good guy. But you would think that the good guys would have been like, no, this is actually a great idea. But nope, everyone's just shitting on the idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're like 15 minutes into the show and they're like, we all hate this. And we all hate what's going to happen later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah just wait. And, and to be fair, you know, you know who shouldn't hate it? Shamrock, he's 19 out of 20. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't get much better than that other than being 20 out of 20. Exactly. Yeah, I really don't understand why he revealed that he was number 19. <laughs> that was just, that was kind of, I was like, well, what you would think he'd be number 20 or he'd be number two if he was going to reveal that. It's like right, the one like time, he, it's like God, the yeah. one time, Jim, when, uh, Dean Ambrose and Sami Zayn were drawing their numbers, and Dean looks at Sami's number. He's like, "You're number eight. You want to look at it upside down? You're number eight. You're number eight. I just think it's always funny because traditionally, the the numbers that you already know in going into a regular Royal Rumble even is like one, two, and thirty. Mm-hmm. Very rarely is it anything between those numbers. Right. Like you mentioned, the, that one, and I feel like one other time there was a weird reveal of like, hey, I'm number, you know, 14. I'm, that's probably not the right number, but. Like a, a very random number. Yeah. yeah. I feel like someone at one point said they're 20, 28, but I could be wrong. Uh, so, yeah, that that sets up everything. Bill, our announcers for this show are Mike Tanay. Don West and Ed Ferreira, which oh, I did not remember. <laughs> Bill, I, I don't. I, I know I asked Sam this, but 
where were you on this? Did you watch this show originally? And did you, or did you see it for the first time when you took your notes for this? Where are you in I, regards to this show? I, you know, it's weird because I remember watching this show when it, when it happened. But the only thing I remember from the show is the match that we're about to talk about. Mm. Everything else is a blur to me. I don't think I saw this first show fully, but you're right. I agree with you where I think I probably saw the gauntlet for the gold, but I didn't remember when I took my notes, half the people that were in it. Right. Until I watched it again. Now, there's going to be one other thing that, and maybe we'll bring it up now before we get to the match. Yeah, if it has to do with the match, then yeah, bring it up now. Because... And you know what? For all the times in the past, over the years, that everybody, and and this is a universal everybody, has bashed TNA for some of the stuff they've done in the past, this one makes sense. Because before the main event, they have Toby Keith out there <laughs> playing Angry American, which I believe is relevant at this point in time. Yes, it is. So they get points from me because they did something that WWE would have probably done two years later had they thought of the idea. Mm-hmm. And Toby Keith is out there performing the song. The crowd is into it. They loved this. I mean, they're in Alabama, of course. They are in Alabama, yes. And the show has also featured NASCAR drivers that I saw when I was, yeah, when I was skipping around. I believe it was Hermie Sadler. I think it, it was out there. So yeah, this show was definitely for Alabama. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember who the other one was, but and I only remember Hermie Sadler because didn't he have some kind of? I don't know if it was a segment or if it was a, a website exclusive thing called Hermie's Hot Seat. Yeah. Yeah, they used him for a while on and off, I feel like. And didn't, was that Toby Keith's own, did he have other involvement with with TNA later? I feel like he did. Well, that there I'm was, sure it was going to be an episode two. Because they, well, they, did, they did say right, that because at of what some they point. Teased. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the race car drivers that were going to be on episode two, actually. <laughs> so, as Toby is finishing up, his performance. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett just pushes him out of the way. And these are actually my first two notes of this. We start off with a 9-11 song, and then Jeff Jarrett is a terrorist for attacking Toby. Wow. <laughs> and Jarrett is like, screw this guy. I want the title. Let's start the damn match. That I hate the idea of. <laughs> Exactly. Right. <laughs> He's like, let's just get it over with because I hate it. <laughs> now, Bill, what did, were you surprised to see that this was a three-man announcement? Now, I love Don West. I, I think Don West is amazing. I oh, He just gets so excited. And I know he, the tradi- uh, like a traditional wrestling fan probably hates Don West, but I've always liked him. Yeah. I always liked when Homicide would like do the flip to the outside and then he like... Um, would bang on the table and then Don West would get up and get all excited about it too. I was not expecting Ed Ferreira though. Were you expecting this? 
with Don, he's kind of a guilty pleasure. Because yeah. there's just he he seems such a nice guy. He really does. Mm. And you know, there are times where like it's kind of fun to make fun of him with his voice because you know anybody could do it. Um, there's a video uh, that I have saved on my YouTube like list of favorites where it's him getting whipped by James Storm mm. and the Benny Hill music is playing. Oh, God. <laughs> it's kind of, I'll send it to the both of you when we're done. Um, but no, Don wasn't the worst part of this. It's Ed Ferrara. Yeah. Because uh, first of all, he looks like Rob Black from footage of Dark Side of the Ring, number one. <laughs> and then number two, he tries to be the heel commentator, and he absolutely sucks at it. Yeah, that. he does. Yeah, yeah. he was but terrible. But there is one line at the very end when we get to it. I, I think I know what you're talking that. about. I think I do, too. I think. And I'm like, oh, We'll find out those <laughs> later on. Yep. Um, Stay tuned, folks. Sam, you 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 agreed. Uh, not a fan of Ferreira. Why don't no. you elaborate a little bit more? No, I just I didn't know that he was involved, and I was watching it with my sister, and she was like, "Who is that?" And I was giving her. I was like, so I was telling her, filling her in a little bit, and I was like, I didn't know that he did commentary. I was like, I don't know if he was just on it because it was the very first pay per view, or if it, he was trying to like you say be like a on screen heel character, but he just looked. I mean, he definitely looks straight out of 2002 with his outfit and his mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> so he, and he just looks scummy and he looks like he's just going to be terrible. And then he just wasn't, he didn't really add anything to commentary. I mean, like you said, he was trying to be the heel commentator. He was just trying, he was just trying too hard, basically. And it was just, it, it took, I think it took away from the show, honestly. Bill. 90-second intervals are announced. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Tell everybody. It's going to be every seven and a half minutes. For us. For us. Now we go on to a new, a new group of competitors to talk about. Uh, and with that in mind, if we do, do either of you have any other pre-match that has to do directly with Gauntlet for the Gold other than what we've discussed, because otherwise I, we'll get into the main I thing. Say, I did see when I was like, because I watched the six man and then I kind of was like skipping around so I could get to the match. I did see there was something backstage even prior to the Toby Heath thing, and it was Jeff Jarrett, and he had Jackie Fargo by the throat up against uh, up against uh, a fence, like in the back. Um, so that obviously just shows that Jeff Jarrett just had it out for Jackie Fargo. Um, <laughs> just he, I was like, I don't know if the frustration was just that he didn't like the match at all, or just because of Jackie. Just their whole Jackie's like, I'm making you number one, and so and so I just happened to catch that as I was trying to get to the main event. So um, so things were definitely contentious between those two for sure. <laughs> well, good call because clearly me nor Bill caught that actually. <laughs> All right, Bill, so let's go over how this works again because it's probably been a while. Okay, so how we do this for our first-time listeners is we will go by the order, group of five. And because it is every it is 90-second intervals, we will be doing this segment every seven and a half minutes. Once we've reached the final group, that's when the times, you know, we're done with the time, and then we just break it down to the final four, and then 
in this case, to the final two, and then ultimately right. the winner. Yes. All right, so with that in mind, uh, let's get right to it. So, Bill, why don't you start off with the uh, the competitors? All right. Entries one through five. One, Jeff Jarrett. Two, Buff Bagwell. Three, Lash LaRue. Four, Norman Smiley. And five, Apollo. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Bagwell, LaRue, and Norman. Bill, start the timer. Um, and okay. yeah, start off the conversation, Tim. Oh, there we go. Um. <laughs> I, I already mentioned my first two notes, and I kind of joked, like, does Buff have the stuff at this point in 2002? Because the last Answer's time... no. <laughs> because the last time he was on, you know, television, like, national television like this, was that episode of Raw where he... Oh, yeah! And that match is so bad. <laughs> I don't know, Sam, if you've ever seen that match, but it is so bad that, like, he ended up getting fired, like, within a week of that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I've seen the match. I feel that hearing about that does sound familiar. Like, I've probably seen people talk about it on the Internet, but I don't know that I've actually seen it. And was this prior to, because I know they were talking about when he came back, or when he came into the match last night, they were talking about his neck issues. So was this, like, prior to the neck issues or after, do you know? This was after because the neck issue was 97 or 98. Right, because it was towards the end of WCW. Well, yeah. when WCW was in there, like, right in their prom is when yeah. the neck stuff happened, right? Okay. So, then, yeah, go ahead, Bill. What else did you no, have? I was just going to say Buff just gets eliminated. <laughs> yeah, he did He did do the Jeff Jarrett slash Jackie Fargo strut, which I know they pointed out at the very beginning when Jackie Fargo was coming out. They were saying he was strutting around before Ric Flair, and he does give you a little preview at the beginning, and so then and then he was saying before, and he did it before Jeff Jarrett did it, and so then Buff Bagwell did do the strut, but then he got eliminated. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize how in-depth they really were trying to sell people on a Jarrett-Jackie Fargo match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they apparently they were planting some seeds. <laughs> uh, Norman, Norman came out. I was pretty excited about that. Me too. I was also yeah. excited about the big wiggle that unfortunately never happened. Oh, I know. I yeah, that was disappointing. disappointing. <laughs> you know, it reminded me actually of um, the Royal Rumble where Brock eliminated people, like yeah. as the as the beginning, and was like, but I'm more interested in this one because at least. I don't know, like, you know, I wonder how many of these guys people knew ahead of time were on the show. Because it is their first show. I don't know if there's a way to figure that out at all. Right. But, um, so it's a little more entertaining because I'm like, who in the world's going to come out next? Uh, yeah. Sam, what do you have for this segment? What, what are your notes? Yeah, um, my notes are basically just the order they came. I did note that um, I wasn't sure if we would need this information, but I apparently only did it for the first few and then stopped. <laughs> but um, I did put that, like, Jeff Jarrett was just basically plowing through people. Like, he eliminated Buff Bagwell with 27 seconds to go before the third entrant. And then the third entrant was Lash LaRue, who I had, you know, I obviously knew from WCW. Um, and he was, Jeff plowed through him. He eliminated him. 43 seconds before the next one. And then Norman Smiley was eliminated with 27 seconds before the next one. So Jeff Jarrett basically was just clean in house and they definitely were putting him over as like the guy uh, that they were going to, you know, be kind of 
focus in on. And so I thought they made that clear pretty quickly. Um, but with Apollo, I had not been familiar with him prior to this. And I heard them say that he was an IWA champion, which was like a really one of the two big promotions in Puerto Rico and that he was a former basketball player. Um, in Puerto Rico as well. So the guy, look, he's has he definitely has like the Vince McMahon look. Like he's tall, he's muscular, he looks like a, he looks like what you would think would be in WWE. So he definitely has that look. But he he was pretty impressive, just as you know somebody had who had never seen him before. Um, so I thought that was uh, I thought it was interesting to see, especially because I was familiar with everybody else up until that point. Right, Bill. How much time do we have on that clock? Just a Three quick check. All right, so now is where, you know, if you guys don't have any other notes, why don't we take a look at the rest of the card? That's at I, this time when we, you have something? Go ahead. I, I just yeah. want to mention one quick thing. I didn't have it in my notes, but I did remember it. Like, early in the match, when the people got eliminated, like the first two or three, they never went the full 90. They just no. took, They just sent the next person out. And then, like, I think it was probably at Apollo where the full 90 really began. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know if that was on purpose, like if they were just trying to establish Jeff Jarrett as being so angry that he like was not putting up with it. He was pissed at the match. He was pissed at Jackie Fargo. So he was just going to take out everybody. But then he got to Apollo and couldn't take him out. So it seems like they were kind of building Apollo right there in the match as well to be, you know, he, not even Jeff Jarrett could get him out at that point. Right. All right, Phil, so how much time do we have left? And do we have enough time to go over the rest of the card? Oh, let's do it. Okay, so we had two dark matches. and maybe One we'll that broke the one. ring. Yeah, we'll figure out one which one. <laughs> Cheeks defeated Frank Parker. <laughs> Cheeks. And Apollo had a dark match. Oh. He defeated David Young. Oh, so he was in this end of the dark match. That's impressive. Uh, the six-man tag, the flying Elvises of Jorge Estrada, Sonny Siaki, and Jimmy Yang defeated AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, and Low Key. We had a midget match. T.O. defeated Hollywood. The Johnsons, Richard and Rod Johnson, defeated Psychosis and James Storm. And the Dupps. Bo Dup and Stan Dup <laughs> defeated Christian York and Joey Matthews. <clears throat> and I did a little research while we were talking earlier. Do you know who Stan Dup ended up becoming? Who? Trevor Murdoch. Oh. Was he was he Stan Dup or Bo Dup? He was Stan. Okay, he, he was, was Stan, stand up. <laughs> Okay, because I did, yeah, and that took me Stand a second. Up for WWE. When they first were saying their names, I, then I heard him say boat up, and I was like, oh, okay. That, they, I see what they're doing here. But yeah, because I recognized him. I was like, that's Trevor Murdoch, right? And so I went and looked it up to make sure that I was correct <laughs> last night during the match, so I did the same thing. <laughs> and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this now because we have like 23 seconds. All right. Next segment, I'm going to test Jim on one of the next group of five. Okay. okay. It's not the one he thinks it is. <laughs> So let's get the countdown. 10, Okay, six through ten now. Six K Crush, seven slash eight Del Rios, nine Justice, and ten Conan. <laughs> 
And I have during this segment eliminated no one. And we'll start the discussion off with Sam for this one. Go ahead, Sam. What do you got? Um, so I just have in here who was, um, I made notes of who they were eliminated by later. Um, but I really enjoyed seeing, um, Kate, which they caught, cause I thought they were calling him Kate quick at first. And I was like, wasn't he something else? But I realized that they were saying that's who he was in WCW and that he was K crush now. Um, and so just our tr- K crush, our truth, Ron killings, however you would like to refer to him. He Kate looks quick. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly the same that man has not aged one bit uh but he, he still looked great um i was not familiar uh with slash del rio or justice but i of course did know who reverend james mitchell was so that was cool to see him involved um and of course i was happy to see conan i liked him when he was in uh, i was a fan of his in wcw so I'll, i was i thought that was pretty cool to see him there but yeah, this was an interesting segment because you this is not the group of people you would think would be the ones that would stay in it for, you know, you would think that this would be the crew that would have gotten run through in the first set mm-hmm. of wrestlers for sure. So one of my first notes is slash four exclamation points. And then which committee member chose slash? <laughs> Good question. Why does Del Rios have an S on his ass? That's not even his part of his name. It's Del Rios, is it not? Yeah. Where? Did, why is there an S? Because <laughs> I had, he's a Scott Steiner clone, so maybe he's trying to be Scott Steiner. I mean, I maybe, guess. Yeah, he definitely had the Scott Steiner vibes coming out. Because for a second, I thought that's who it was, and I was like, that's not him. And then I heard, I was like, oh, Del Rios, I don't, I'm not familiar. <laughs> All right, Bill, what's what's your question? Okay, so I, again, did some research before this show. I did not remember at all Del Rios until I found uh, his profile. I was just going to answer my question on why there's an S on his ass? Not quite. <laughs> I want you to take a guess, and Sam, you can too. What was his gimmick in WWF? And we're talking oh, mid-90s, bad time WWF. I don't think I was watching then. <laughs> but, but what, uh, in the mid-90s? So like 95, 96? Yeah, 95. Yeah. 95, okay. Um, the guy that took everyone, the guy, the guy that took the other wrestlers' underwear. Um, Fantasio, is that what his name was? You son of a bitch. Was it? it is it really? I was, <laughs> I was just thinking of because like I kind of know who people were previously and I was just like who's the one I was like I don't know who the other one I was gonna say was Waylon Mercy I'm like no nah, I would know who Waylon Mercy was you son of a bitch now I'm mad why do you need to take people's underwear <laughs> maybe that S is for stills maybe yeah, maybe <laughs> S is for stole, as in stole your underwear. Yes. Uh, I learned that Justice is a former NWA wild side champion. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds really wild and like it should be a uh, a theme park, wild side. Oh, and Bill, we learned something very important during the segment. Managers are allowed, which is always a 50-50 rule in Royal Rumble. Sometimes they're allowed, sometimes they're not. There's no pattern whatsoever. Nope. 
And then my final note here was Conan, when he came out, I I said to myself, all I ever remember from Conan was when he says, touch my hat. And then, well, he usually said the tigress. He go, tigress, touch my hat. And then she touches hat. He go, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Uh, what else well, you got, Bill? Okay. Um, early in this part, Kay Crush and Jeff Jarrett are both saying, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? And I'm just like, are there any other Ke- Toby Keith songs? <laughs> when you said now? that, I was like, are they referencing Toby Keith? Because this is pre, you know, Red Solo Cup. We're far away from that song. Yeah, this is early. But still, good God. Um, there's a point where Jeff Jarrett saves Slash. and I know, it's relieved. It made no sense. I, I kind of <laughs> have like a musical joke in me, like, Maybe Jeff likes Guns N' Roses because of the slash. I was just I was just very relieved because at this point I was cheering on Slash. It's like right. what committee member decided to put Slash in? Did Slash like I don't know give some money to a committee member? Well, just wanted to know. He's related to one. Yeah, remember who his manager is? Maybe. Oh uh, yeah, maybe got him in there. That's um, definitely possible because he had two people in this match. Right. Um, and then I wrote, and this was me being dumb, Justice has an abyss about him. <laughs> the bump bump. I did deserve a bump bump. Just and, like how I wonder if K-Crush had uh, some race car drivers in his head during his time in the ring. Because he confronted Hermie, and I do have the name here, actually, Sterling Marlin. Never heard of oh. him before this. Oh, it was Sterling. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I know who name. Sterling Marlin is. I just didn't realize that's who it was. Right. <laughs> and I was written that K-Crush was amazing. And then I got uncomfortable because then Brian Christopher came out. And he thought, not because Brian Christopher came out, because of what he said about, like, your kind fighting my kind. Oh, and I know no. that's not what they're going for, but oh. I'm like, it just doesn't <laughs> seem right. Mm-mm. And we haven't even reached the worst part yet, folks. <laughs> and then, uh, I wrote down how Conan looked good, like body wise. He just looked yeah. good. Yeah, he did. He did. He, did. He, he really did. I, you know, because this, I think he was still, like at this time, you know, like he could still move around. Um, before, I think he had like that hip surgery and then he had like another one that. He almost died from a few years ago, mm-hmm. if I remember. So, um, but yeah, that's really all I got, and we have 15 seconds to the next group. Okay. So let's count it down. Okay, 11 through 15. 11, Bruce. 12, Rick Steiner. 13, Malice. 14, Scott Hall. 15, Chris Harris. I have during this segment eliminated, sadly, Slash, Justice, Bruce, K-Crush, Del Rio, uh, Conian, Steiner, and Jarrett. We start off the discussion with Bill. Okay. My first note was, 
not Bruce. <laughs> I, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, who the hell is Bruce? Like, I even, I, I don't remember Bruce. So, um, and then when he got eliminated, I'm like, bye, Bruce. It's like, hi, Bruce. Bye, Bruce. Um, Rick Steiner was kind of the mayor of Suplex City for a little while here. <laughs> Look, you know, he was like his old self. Looked good in there, but when Malice got in there, holy cow, he was taking everybody out, and they made him into like this believable guy that could win this. Mm-hmm. Which I really liked. Um... And then, what else do I have? I have a whole lot, just so you get ready for this. <laughs> I, I know. Um, okay, I do want to mention, this is kind of the last thing before we get to the big stuff. They talk about how Scott Hall is like the outlaw of pro wrestling. And I think even Mike today says, he asked for his release. He's an outlaw. And I'm like, that doesn't make him an outlaw if he asked to be released. <laughs> I want to be released. You're an outlaw. What an outlaw. <laughs> Wanted, dead or alive. That's how play that song while in his outlaw status. Right. <laughs> Sam, what, give me some stuff that you had before I like decide to just spew um, all so my I stuff vague, out. I vaguely, vaguely remember Bruce, but not. I was like, when I saw, him, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember him. Um, but that that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, yeah, Malice looked great. He basically, like you said, they made they definitely made him believable. He basically did what Jeff Jarrett did, but looked even better at it. And he like he choked Slam Conan like right off the bat and then he was just eliminating people um you know left and right and it, i thought it was pretty big that he eliminated people like conan and rick steiner and things like that so it seemed like they were really you know trying to you know make this spot impressive for him and i think that they did a good job with that and then i know that you're probably gonna mention um the person who comes out in this segment um at first, I didn't know if he, <laughs> when this person came out, um, I wasn't sure if he was an actual entrant or if he was just, because this is early TNA. So I was like, maybe, maybe Toby Kansas is an entrant. I don't know. <laughs> I was so confused. I, there was a lot of editing done on my end on this, on these notes after a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he did look at, um, impressive uh, when Toby Keith did the uh, vertical suplex um, on Jeff Jarrett. Um, I thought that was, he, I was like, they got him in on the, because he's obviously, he's a big guy. So they definitely gave him something easy that he could handle, but also look impressive while doing it. Um, so, I, I mean, it was entertaining. But yeah, at first when he came out there, I thought he, because they weren't like really flashing up things. So I, I wasn't sure if he was an actual contestant or, I mean, an uh, entrant or not um, until we got to, then once we got to number 19, Ken Shamrock, I was like, okay then he was not an official entrant because it would take a spot away from somebody. But uh, yeah, so I thought Malice looked really good. I thought they did a really good job of um, handling him and making him look um, making him look like he could win it all. All right, so the first thing I have here was Joel Gertner coming out. And so there's this team of Lenny and Bruce. Now, Bill, why, and I would question this if it was a WWE Royal Rumble as well, 
why does for every well, again being told the committee selected all these wrestlers? Why does Joel Gertner get to choose? I guess he. Why was it Bruce? The big bucks as the manager. Right. I, I guess. Yeah, because I, I put, why can Gardner choose he's not a committee member? Right. Then I have Bruce is no slash. That's true. <laughs> I have, That's true. have Conan's pants are falling down. <laughs> Steiner, uh, oh, I, <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's Rick. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rick Steiner eliminated slash and I get sad. Then I noticed that it said click on Scott Hall's ass. Yep. And then I wrote, fuck the click. <laughs> then I wrote, give me Dark Side of the Ring season three, the click. I probably, you know what? How many episodes was last Dark Side of the Ring season? Like 14 or 13. I don't know if maybe I could think of that many, but I think I could think of like six episodes based around the click at least. <laughs> uh as Sam mentioned, Toby Keith suplexes Jarrett. <laughs> this is why I thought Toby Keith was still a uh, was actually a competitor. Right. I was like, which NWA member vouch for Toby? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one of the announcers says this line. It might have even been Ferrer. I can't. I don't know who. No, it wouldn't have been because Ferrer would have liked Jarrett. In regards to the Toby Keith suplex, he says, quote, he has just become my favorite country western superstar. Oh, that was Don West. <laughs> okay. And then someone else chimes in, he is the angry American. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that he is the angry American. <laughs> and then that's when I learned, oh no, then my last note for this segment was, Toby Keith never went out. Again, that's me thinking he's still a competitor. Right. Because it took so right. long. So technically he can do the Cur the Curtis Axel thing about how he was never eliminated because of Toby Keith was at the time when we thought, yeah, because he just he just left after he eliminated Jeff Jarrett and they were like, he's stalking him up the stage, which is exactly what happened. So I was confused. I was like, so are they counting him out? And then I realized he was not a competitor. He just entered the match to take out Jeff Jarrett with Scott Hall. <laughs> you, you know what? Maybe we can file a petition to the NWA <laughs> to have Toby Keith be made the NWA world champion because he was never eliminated. <laughs> he was not. No, he left on his found, own accord. <laughs> unfortunately, I found out that he was not even in the match, which we'll get oh. to, which I was clued in. And, oh, hold on. There we go. And now our last group of five, 16 Vampire Warrior, 17 Devin Storm, 18 Steve Carino, 19 Ken Shamrock, and 20 Brian Christopher. And I have eliminated going into the final two, Harris, Vampire Warrior, Storm, Carino, Christopher, Apollo, and Hall. And this is when I was like, oh, fuck. Now I have to re rearrange everyone because clearly Toby Keith's not part of this because <laughs> Ken Shamrock had said at the beginning of the show he was number 19, so right. he obviously can't be at a different position. Once Ken Shamrock came out, I knew I was fucked. And I was like, God, I was like, all right. 
I crossed everyone out. I had to redo everything. And yeah, I just wrote, Toby, Toby <laughs> Keith apparently was not an entrant. And honestly, I don't have too much outside of that. So let's go to Sam. What do you got for this segment? Uh, yeah, so that's how I realized that he wasn't, uh, because I had them uh, had them numbered. And I was like, okay, so when when uh, Devin Storm came out, I was like, okay, then Ken Shamrock should be next. And then Steve Carino came out, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, that's not correct. And then I realized I got duped. Toby Keith was not an entrant. He just came out there. Maybe Scott Hall was like, come with me and help. Uh, we'll, we'll eliminate him together. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett is an asshole, so let's get rid of him together. But yeah, so um, I was really surprised then that Brian Christopher was the guy chosen to be 20. Like, you would think that it would be Kim, Ken Shamrock would be the guy that would be 20. And that, you know, Brian Christopher would be 19 at the very, you know, I, I didn't really expect um, him to be to be the 20th person and for him to eliminate so many people. He eliminated Harris, uh, Vampire Warrior, Storm, and Carino. Um, and then he got chokeslammed by Malice because they were still, he lasted um, a pretty, you know, Malice wasn't there for a while. So, yeah, that's pretty much the notes that I have. I was just confused by Toby Keith not actually being an entrant and then Brian Christopher just cleaning house too and eliminating a bunch of people. <laughs> Now, Bill, I want you to do me a favor on something here. Now, usually, and I know we didn't finish talking about this match yet, but usually in regards to the Royal Rumbles of past, yeah, the, we would also talk about the aftermath. But obviously, there's not really much. When you're crowning a first champion, things change a little bit. I would like you to pull up, and this is not for right now, this second, but for later on, instead of the aftermath, let's talk about what happened on episode two of NWA TNA. Can you pull that up? I'm calling an audible here. And while you do that, um, so uh, Sam, I'm glad that you were also tricked by Toby Keith's involvement. (laughs) I was, because it was a very TNA thing to do. And so I was like, it makes complete sense that Toby Keith is an entrant in this match. (laughs) I... It, and, and you know what also makes you think, made me at least think that Toby Keith was part of this match? The whole time he was out there, no one came out. Right. Like he literally left, and that's when I think it's Chris Harris came out. So yeah. I had thought because yeah. of that, oh, Chris Harris was the next one in after Toby Keith. Right. That's what I thought too, because they like they because they cut too, like when the ninety seconds were up or whatever, they cut to the entrance to show who was coming out, and it was Toby Keith. So it looked like he looked like he had a legit entrance and everything, like he was a man on a mission, like he looked like he was ready to go and ready to fight off a bunch of people. So like I I was completely convinced that he was an entrant. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear about because this is again I'm calling an audible here and telling Bill to look up the results for the second episode and i'm pretty sure the nwa tna format was record live and then record your next episode right after okay so i assume toby keith is still there and would be involved right and by the way way things ended and by the way folks my apologies i have no idea if this is coming to a microphone but there are people being very loud outside and there's nothing i can do about it um All right, so Bill, what was your? Were you? No, I'm I'm sure you were. I'm sure you're going to say, "Of course, I knew Toby Keith wasn't part of this match." Were you tricked or were you not tricked? I watching it this time. I was tricked. 
I thought for sure he was an entrant in the match. But what I other notes when, did you have? Um, let's see. What do I have? When Chris Harris got eliminated, I wrote by Braden Walker. <laughs> um, we had again our one of our favorite things we've learned, Jim. The last number or the last entrant proves nothing. You can have the best number and still be out of there real quick. I mean, it happens more times than not. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and if we done. If we did 30 Royal Rumbles, which we might have, I don't know the exact number. Right. Maybe three, the final number actually won. And I have here one of your favorite things that I do when we do these. Signs! Oh, good. I do love, I like a good sign. I have three of them. Now, was it all during this last segment that you saw them, or are you holding out on me? No, it was all during this this segment, okay, which is amazing. So great job to the people that were at this show. Now this is before we get the Shamrock Malice. Yes. Okay. So the first sign I see is Hall was framed. I did see that. <laughs> what was he framed as? That's what I was trying what? to figure out. Bill, what he's an was outlaw? He outlaw? Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That's probably true. He got his release. He's an outlaw. He's wanted. <laughs> Dead or alive. Um, that's the only way that makes sense, by the way. Right. Which means, here's what that tells me, though, in all seriousness. Here's what that tells me. Scott Hall is one of the people they absolutely knew was going to be on this show. Mm-hmm. They promoted him as having an outlaw type of feel on press releases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what that tells me, if that's indeed what it is. Yeah. Alright, what's your other ones? Alright, the second one I see and this is, I think about towards like, we're getting very close to the final two. We came for France. Yes! Will she come for us and come is C-O-M-E underlined <laughs> So they're like, we're not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> the besties, the sign appears very prominently because I have it as a note, but I have it during Shamrock versus Malice because literally when they, you know, get into each corner and steamboat there, it's very, very evident those signs are in a great position to be shown on camera. And then the last one, which might be my favorite one. Toby Keith fears Alf. I saw that too, and I was, was <laughs> I laughed, and I was like, "What does this even mean?" You feel it fears aliens? <sighs> no, I think I got. I think I got it. Okay. Remember? And oh boy! For our younger listeners, I'm going to sound old here, but I really don't care at this point. Good. Good. Remember the collect number commercials, like. 10, 10, 220, yeah. 1-800 collect and all that. I have a feeling there is a commercial of Toby Keith and Alf. That is that, my guess. That okay. would make sense because I couldn't figure out why Alf would be a reference in 2002 with oh. Toby. I was very confused about that sign. Now I'm going to look up to see if there is a commercial of Toby Keith and Alf. 
Because I remember. Let me look up Toby Keith, Toby Keith Alf, and just see what comes up. Maybe we'll be surprised. Because I remember the one with Alf and Hulk Hogan. Okay. I remember. I don't, I don't remember that at all, but okay. Yes, there is. There's two of them. So I have a random Impact event on, and I'm watching Shark Boy hug Popeye. So who knows what they could have done with Alf? <laughs> Toby, you have a cat? Maybe that was the follow-up taping. That was episode two, Alf against Toby. <laughs> well, then I need to watch episode two. <laughs> well, we'll find out in a little bit. Uh, what did you think of this? Let's, let's, Sam, what did you think of this? Uh, is, was Shamrock Malice, after all you've seen of who's in this match, are those a good final two people to go yeah. with? I, yeah, I think so, because they built Malice. I mean, it was obvious once Jeff Jarrett was eliminated that Ken Shamrock was going to be in the finale and especially, and I was like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense with him being 19. And then they, they built malice the entire time. And I think they were trying to build malice as like, um, you know, a newer star. Um, and so I thought because of the way they just made him look like a monster, he lasted. I think he came in, I think in my note, malice came in at 13. Uh, so he lasted, but even when he got there at 13, there was still a good chunk of wrestlers until he wiped them all out and he stayed in there. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought Malice was, was a good choice because it seemed like they were going to build him as a star for the future. Uh, and then I read about what happened to him, uh, later, but, uh, yeah, so I, it seemed like they were trying to, you know, Ken Shamrock was the guy that they were, that, you know, everybody knows who Ken Shamrock is. He, right. you know. The, the cornerstone, and then Malice is this new guy that can hang with Ken Shamrock. He can hang with the other guys. He's, you know, a new star in TNA. He, you know, he looks like, um, you know, something that fans would be, somebody that fans would be into um, for years to come. And so I think that what they were getting at was was smart. Would he be, you know, what NWA would, would book? Probably not. Probably not what the committee would pick. <laughs> but definitely what TNA would pick, I think. I think it's an interesting two people. Again, you know, Malice is, like you you kind of said the right stuff there. Malice is their homegrown talent, whereas Ken Shamrock is the name that people know, not only just from WWE, although that would be the thing people right. freshly remember him from. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like, when did he leave WWE? 1998, 1999? So I think so. I think that, so. Not that far back. And also, even if you didn't know him from WWE, you know him from UFC. But also, right. he Shamrock was not a WWE World Champion. So it's someone that's well-known that is not someone that is maybe generally associated as being strictly a WWE person. So I'm not a big Shamrock fan myself, but I get it. Although I will say, in recent years with Shamrock, uh, you know, seeing him on Impact... Looks great for his age. My God. Yeah. Um, he does. Yeah, he looks really good. The stuff he did with Sam Callahan was really impressive for for his. He just looks like not somebody he would want to mess with. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, and then, so I think it's a good combination. Uh, even though I don't like Shamrock myself. Um, Bill, what about you? Did you agree with the two choices here, considering you knew all everyone in it, or would you have preferred Bruce to be in it? Oh God. <laughs> I had to take a co- uh, Toby Keith over Bruce at that point. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I I thought it was going to be Shamrock and Hall. And and the only reason I thought that was those are the two, like, 
established names left at this point. And I thought they would have gone for the two established guys, but them going with Malice and Shamrock, I thought was really good. Um, one, one person I do want to give props to is Apollo. He yes. was in there mm-hmm. five and he's there till just about the very end. And he looked impressive. And he did a dark match. I tried looking looking to see if I could find a time uh, to see how long he was actually in the match for. But um, from what I saw from from Cage Match was just the time overall. I think it was like 30 minutes and seven seconds or something like that. Because I did notice that they were speeding things up with like the certain, I think like the middle group of people. They were not the complete 90 seconds. They were like skipping ahead and going to like the very next one. Um, so he was probably in there for at least a good 20 It plus had minutes. to be. Yeah, so I thought that they um, – uh, yeah, I was um, – I, so I almost thought that maybe he would – it would come down between him and Shamrock because he was in there so long and he, he outlasted so many people that, yeah, I was kind of surprised. that. So I wasn't surprised that he made it to the Final Four at that point. So I thought, yeah, he, he looked impressive too. All right, so Shamrock gets the win. He's the champion now. But there was something that happened after after the match, right? Yeah. Wanna, uh, yeah. Because this is how you knew that Jarrett wasn't going to win, because he has bigger fish to fry. Yes. <laughs> so we're kind of doing like a post, well, not post show, but like end of the show wrap up. And before we get to Jarrett, I, I've got to do it. I've got to read what Ed Ferrara says. Oh, I forgot about your quote. I figured I had to race seven. Uh, I'm going to warn everyone now, it is very offensive. Okay. So, if you want to skip ahead, like, 30 seconds, <laughs> go right ahead. But, um, everyone was impressed about, you know, Shamrock and Malice. Ed Ferrara is talking. And then he gives us this quote that I'm sure is a one-way guaranteed ticket to hell for him. If you want to get into a fight... With these two, referring to Shamrock and Malice. It's like running in the Special Olympics. Even if you win, you have to be retarded. Yeah, that was the line I figured you were referring to. I like I wasn't even paying attention shit. apparently. Yeah, I heard I heard it and then I saw the look on Mike Tanay's face when he said it. <laughs> He's like, What the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> After Ed Ferrara basically attacked all handicapable people, uh, Jeff Jarrett is in the back, still arguing with Jackie Fargo and Toby Keith. Who are being held back by security at this point. Yes. And then he comes out to the ring, and here is Dory Funk, Harley Race, and Bob Armstrong. And he's like, Dory! Did you ever win the world title in a battle royal? Harley, did you ever win the world title in a battle royal? And then he just punches Bob Armstrong for no reason. wasn't a world And then he pushes Dory Fuchs Jr. and doesn't mess with Harley Race because he knows if you mess with Harley, he's liable to kill you. Yeah, he's gonna die. And, and then he gets into the ring and then... Jackie Fargo and Toby Keith come out, and Jackie calls Jeff a 14-carat son of a bitch. I have no idea what that means. And he's like, 
You want a match? I'll give you a match next week. Uh, I just gotta gotta get somebody. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. So, Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett fight while Toby is still being held, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Now it there's a reason. Just ends. <laughs> now there's a reason why I brought this up in regards to our usual Royal Rumble discussion, because as much as I. Actually, I'm a little intrigued on this Jeff Jarrett, Jackie Fargo feud. It did remind me of the 2018, I think it was, Women's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. In that, and I, I know we gave a lot, or I gave a lot of criticism on that Ronda Rousey took all the shine out of that whole match. Do you think the same applies here? Like, do you think we should have ended with Ken Shamrock winning the world title and going off air with that as opposed to the Jarrett, Jackie Fargo thing? I think there's an argument to be made for both of them of of yes and no. Bill, what do you think? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I think... I... I think the way they ended it was the right ending only because the match had been done. It was over. We didn't see Shamrock celebrating too much. So I'm going to say they ended it right. Okay. What about you, Sam? What do you think? I I can see both. Um, I do kind of, especially because I hate when, you know, they take, you know, when somebody wins, especially the Ronda Rousey thing, that definitely is something that still bothers me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, so I do kind of see, you know, you know, it probably would have been better to end it with Ken Ken Shamrock. He's your guy. He's your champion. End it there. Um, But the stuff with Jeff Jarrett and Jackie Fargo had gone on the entire show. So I guess it, it kind of made sense. And then Toby Keith and Scott Hall were the ones to eliminate Jeff Jarrett together. Um, so that obviously sets up Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett uh, for the following episode. So it does still, so it wasn't like it was completely out of nowhere. Like it was still continuing on of what had been happening basically all show long. And then there's, you know, Scott Hall was technically, even though uh, Toby Keith helped eliminate him, Scott Hall is technically the one who, who did eliminate him. Um, so it makes sense that Jackie would be like, you know, this is, this is how we're going to settle this. Uh, so I can see arguments for both sides of it. Um, I guess, Technically, just ending it with Ken Shamrock probably would have been the the right thing to do. However, TNA was also kind of trying to set a different type of tone. Maybe they were trying to get away from what WWE was doing at the time. And so maybe they wanted to kind of end it um, in not the typical fashion and also set it up for people to tune in next week. I think what you just said, the the ending of what you said, there's 100% the, re- the argument on why that was the right route to go in that this is a company that's going to live at least for the first couple of years on you're going to buy every single week. Yeah. I don't have any yeah. other yeah. way to actually do that. There's no TV deal in place. So yeah, I, I definitely see arguments for both, but I think under the, the format and what the NWA TNA had. Yeah. So let's, before we go into episode two and not a long discussion of this, you just kind of a brief, like what happened. Sam, I know you, like me, have not. What, what, are we, what do you expect based on watching this show 
I mean, here's what we know. We know we're getting Jarrett versus Hole with Jackie Fargo to continue that feud. Mm-hmm. We're getting a bikini battle royal or something like that. <laughs> that's happening. Yeah, that's all right. I forgot about that. Um, which maybe they'll actually show the graphics for the right woman or show graphics in general. Oh, that was terrible. That whole segment was a train wreck. <laughs> um, and I'm expecting to- more Toby Keith. Yeah. And more Hermie Sadler. <laughs> probably more for Hermie and uh, whatever his name is. Marlon. Marlon. Thank you. Uh, other than that, I don't. I don't know if we should expect anything else. What do you think? Before Bill reads the results. Um, I did. I don't know if this was was the exhibition stuff on the next episode. The stuff that they did because the six man was the you know the stuff with AJ and Jerry Lynn and uh, low key. And so that match, I think, was received pretty well. So I don't know. Did they do any, like, I don't know if they did anything with that um, the next episode, but that would be the only other thing that I would think that would be on that episode is if doing stuff with AJ Styles, maybe. Do you think Do you think you we get another midget slash little person match? <laughs> Apparently that was what TNA was into at the time. So probably <laughs> that probably happened to you. <laughs> Uh, Without further ado, I think one of the most important things to find out, though, for the purposes of this show is what did Ken Shamrock do on episode two? It is officially the follow-up of his gauntlet for the gold win. Bill, what are the results for episode two and any segments that you know of? Okay, so this is from prowrestling.fandom.com. Episode two was taped on June 19th, 2002, so it was taped right after this first episode we just did and aired on June 26th. Scott Hall with Jackie Fargo and Toby Keith (laughs) defeated Jeff Jarrett after referee Brian Hebner went down and as Jarrett had Hall set up for the stroke, Keith interfered and nailed Jarrett with a low blow, Mm -hmm. leading to Hall and Keith combining for a double team stroke to Jarrett and Hall defeated as the referee came to. He is the angry American. Yes. Cheeks defeated Frank Parker. Oh, okay. Is that the dark match from the previous no. one? Well, so Cheeks, oh yeah, Cheeks was wrestled twice in one night then. Oh yeah, it was. Okay, so they gave both, okay. Oh wait, so does that mean the dark match made it to just episode That's two? That's what I was going to say. Was that the dark match? They filmed it for that? a good question uh maybe because <laughs> i don't know okay. um brian christopher with hermie sadler <laughs> and sterling marlin defeated k crush after, after sadler and marlin got involved and crotched crush on the middle rope allowing christopher to nail a stunner and follow with the hip hop drop what's with the uh the the pattern here of doing things to someone's crotch <laughs> It's DNA. Right. It's via T- Hopefully this uh, lingerie thing is up next then since it's in TNA. What's well, next? As a matter of fact, it is. What a shock. I got because. From crotches to lingerie. <clears throat> right. It is a Miss TNA lingerie battle royal, which is won by Taylor Vaughn, who defeated Alexis Lurie, Electra, Aaron, Francine, Joni, Miss Sasha, Shannon, and Tyler. Okay. 
Grand Apollo. Apollo defeated David Young. Again, that might have been a dark match as well. That aired. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea. And then this next match is a little interesting. Chris Harris and James Storm defeat the Rainbow Express of Bruce and Lenny. Okay. Now, why is it interesting? Well, Bruce and Lenny were supposed to face the Dubs, but the Dubs refused to fight them because they were gay. What? Yes. 2002, folks. I was say, this is 2002 TNA in a nutshell. Yep. But wait, hold on a second. No. Because they were gay? Yes. See, now, I would, I mean, I wouldn't get this because it's it's still, it's homophobic, but, like, if some, if some big guy was like, no, because you're gay, you can't be a team together, but this is them saying, we're gay, so we don't want to fight? I don't understand that at all. They should have just given the Rainbow Express the win by forfeit, but that's just... Well, right, you know and what, then you say the WWE champions at the time were Billy and Chuck? Yes. Oh! Interesting. That kind of makes a little more sense now. So I guess they were having... They also had... Well, except for the whole... Well, I mean, not, not that the Rainbow Express were actually gay, but obviously with the way the stuff ended with Chuck and Billy. And Well, yeah. It's interesting parallels. But also, the other thing is... This leads to the formation, I would think, of one of TNA's most well-known tag teams in the yes, early days. It does. America's Most Wanted. So mm-hmm. it's weird that it's an accident, kind of. <laughs> kind of. All right, yeah. go ahead, Bill, continue. Then we do have a segment with Ken Shamrock. Here we go. Who is interrupted by James Mitchell. And Mitchell introduces Slash as Shamrock's next opponent, <laughs> only only for a distraction as Malice slid into the ring and attacked Shamrock from behind. Fucking Slash is getting screwed. By his own manager. Yep. And the main event of episode two is a four-way elimination match for the brand new X-Division Championship. Okay. So the and I and I I'm looking at the results. So I think what it is, the four competitors that are involved. The rules are this: if you lose twice, you are out. Ricky what? Steamboat is the, yeah. It's kind of weird because like you have four competitors. It starts with two. If you okay. win a fall, you stay in the ring. If you okay. lose a fall, you're out the first time. And then if you lose a second time, you're out for good. Okay. So Ricky Steamboat is the guest referee for the final fall. Here is the order of how this goes. AJ Styles defeats Psychosis to begin. Then AJ Styles defeats Loki. Then Jerry Lynn defeats AJ Styles. Jerry Lynn defeats Psychosis. Psychosis is eliminated. Jerry Lynn defeats Low Key. Low Key is eliminated. AJ Styles defeats Jerry Lynn. And then the final fall with Steamboat in the ring, AJ Styles defeats Jerry Lynn to be the first X Division champion. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. 
You That's know, a I, very interesting match concept. The only thing I can guess is that they were like, okay, guess what? We need an X Division champion to be crowned. Because again, they don't have the they don't have the luxury of we'll build this up for three weeks and then we'll do it on a pay-per-view. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they're they like, we have to deliver right now. We're basically every show is supposed to be our most important show at this point. And I think that's because, again, you can't do a battle royal. You just did it last week. Yeah. For the main title. It also makes me wonder how they figured out the tag team titles now, but because you're running out of stuff. But, uh, okay. I mean, it's weird, but I, I, from a business standpoint, I get it. I know why they did it that way. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, because you would just think it would be like a, uh, just a regular, like, a, I guess, a, a fatal four-way or something. Like, I don't understand, know why you would make it like an elimination. Like, once you're out of the match, you should be out of the match. But, uh, you know, maybe because TNA is also new and they're trying new things, maybe they wanted to, you know, keep fans entertained by giving them, you know, different type of matches that they're not really going to see anywhere else. Um so maybe that was why. But yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, they're at this point, they don't have pay-per-views. They don't, or they don't have, you know, a three-week build to a pay-per-view and they've got a crown champion somehow. So when you put it in that context, that makes more sense um, on how to on how to do that. And having a main event also kind of shows that, you know, this is an important title as well. Um, this isn't going to be just some, you know, mid-card mid-card title that we're just doing for the heck of it you know this is something that you know we think is important enough that these guys are going to be featured in the main event so i think that was kind of that they seem to be establishing that and because you know obviously now we see 20 years later that the x division is still you know one of the best divisions out there um and they have some they had turned out some really great talent over the years so the x division has the you know they've really done a good job of making it an important uh the entire 20 years it's been around all right, so with that in mind, we're about to head out of here. Uh, Sam, thank you again for being on here. Want thank you, you for having me. Final thoughts on the event as a whole, and then give your final plugs, and then I'll do the same, and then Bill will head out of here. Okay, uh, yeah, so again, thanks for having me. Um, this was a really entertaining um, event. I don't know that I necessarily would have even gone back to watch it had um, we not been talking about it for the for the podcast, but it, it's kind of cool to see like the, you know, the origins of how things got started there. Um, there. There are a lot of things that were a mess. There are a lot of things that were definitely LOL TNA and gave them the reputation that they had for a very long time. Um, but I thought they did a good job, you know, with certain things. They did a really good job building of malice. Uh, and he could have, he probably could have been somebody that they really built up had he, uh, had he not passed away. Um, and so I think, you know, building Shamrock as the champion, that gives you the, you know, the name credibility um, and things like that. So I think um, even though there was a lot of things that were a mess, it was still fun. Uh, the Toby Keith stuff was a lot of fun. I found it extremely entertaining. Um, I'm still mad that he was not an, an actual entrant and that maybe we should petition the NWA <laughs> to make Toby Keith champion because he was never eliminated. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it definitely... Um, and it was definitely a you know a 2002 event. Like you can see certain things that were very, um, it's you know dated. Um, but some of it was just you know a lot of fun. And I think uh, it was I had a lot of fun watching it. You know we joke about the Toby Keith stuff, but I'm wondering if because uh, I know that you know this is going to be airing in 2022. And I mentioned earlier 
20 year anniversary coming up of this show. Mm-hmm. Why not try to bring Toby Keith back for something? <laughs> yeah, to celebrate the 20th should. anniversary. They should for, yeah, for a 20th anniversary, especially because he was, he ended up being a big part of that first show um, and apparently the second show. And what's <laughs> so, Toby Keith doing these days? Probably his restaurant. I think he, I don't know if he has new music out. I'm not really sure, but I know he has a restaurant or something or a bar and grill or something of that sort. So maybe that's what he's doing. I don't know. All right. Impact it on it. As far as I go, uh, again, mixed bag, but I had fun. It's nice to go back and do this Royal Rumble-type format. Uh, Next episode is scheduled to be the 1998 Tag Team Royal Rumble. Uh, Bill, maybe you could help me out here, and what's the date? I think it's sometime in June that that's uh, happened. Yeah, when... Let me look that All up. right, while you do that, let me just say you can follow me on that, That's Podcasting on Instagram and Twitter, and That's Podcasting.com. I, th- I think the thing I'm most bummed about, though, after watching the show is I'm not going to, I don't know if I really got to see the, hear about the end, the true ending of this Jeff Jarrett, Jackie Fargo feud that they mm-hmm. had. For, right. Yeah. That's the payoff. That's got to be like a four <laughs> to five week build. And then you have Jackie Fargo against uh, Jeff Jarrett. That's how I feel. I don't know if it ever happened or not. Bill, do you have a date for me or no? Yes. Okay. It is June 15th, 1998. And it might be a bit of a shorter show because if I remember, that's a pretty short Royal Rumble. So mm-hmm. it might be a lot of... Uh, talking about things that were around going on during that era of wrestling yeah but all right bill why don't you give your final plugs and head us out of here all right you guys can follow me on twitter at house of bill uh follow me on instagram at mr billiam 85 and check out my podcast that wrestling show which comes up each and every friday Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. And until next time, the NWA TNA Gauntlet for the Gold has been eliminated.